On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Let's go first of all to Scotland, where, as we know, there is a vacancy to become the, the new First Minister of Scotland after the resignation in the last week or so of Nicola Sturgeon as the First Minister and as the leader of the Scottish National Party. You may have heard quite a lot about one of the candidates, maybe less so about two more. Let's talk to Peter Gagan, who is a reporter uh, with um, Open Democracy. In fact, he's the editor of chief. He's also the best-selling author uh, of Democracy for Sale in the Sunday Times leadership uh, book-selling charts. And um, Peter, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime. First of all. Talk us through the runners and riders, because for those of us who haven't been following all of this too closely, we may have heard about Kate Forbes. Who else is she running against? Uh, thanks for having me on, Gavin. Lovely to talk to you. Um, so now the nominations have closed. So basically, the, there's three runners and riders. As you mentioned, Kate Forbes, who's the finance secretary. There's also Humza Youssef, who's been the health secretary and in many ways has been uh, a kind of stalwart of Scottish politics for the last decade or so, has held a number of ministerial briefs, has, has quite a high profile in Scotland. And then uh, there's Ash Regan, who is a um, former Scottish minister as well, who resigned over the controversial Gender Recognition Act reforms that Nicola Sturgeon uh, kind of brought through towards the end of last year. So they're the only three candidates, and it'll be a vote amongst SNP party members. And it's worth noting as well that the SNP has become, since the independence referendum in 2014, where I'm sure listeners remember it was mm-hmm. it was a, a vote to stay in the UK, but it was, it was 45-55, which is closer than many expected. In the wake of that, the SNP went from being almost like a normal political party to a mass movement. It went from having about 25,000 members to having over 100,000 members in literally a matter of weeks. And it still has well over 100,000 members. So in a country the size of Scotland, that's 5 million people, 100,000 members, that's that's a lot. And so it'll be that 100,000 members who are deciding who will be the next leader. But it it does kind of effectively mean that if you voted uh, for independence, if you're one of those 45%, then the SNP is by and large the only party for you. So they've almost become this kind of natural party of government. Um, So that's fascinating then about um, Ash Regan, because if she had resigned over the plans to progress, the plans for um, self-certification of, of gender identity, uh, the issue which perhaps has, has cost Nicola Sturgeon her job, although she would say that it's, it's about other things. That means that she and Kate Forbes both represent a certain amount of social conservatism, is that right? Whereas Humza Yousaf would be on the more liberal end of the spectrum. Yeah, it's quite interesting. In some ways, you know, the, the Gender Recognition Act reforms were, were kind of the thin edge of a wider kind of question within the SNP about uh, about social policy more generally, about what where the SNP stood on other things beyond independence. And it's part of that move from a mass movement party. We saw it actually before in Scotland with Labour as well, where all of these different kind of big issues started being played out just within the SNP rather than in broader society. So Ash Regan, is, Ash Regan has kind of pinned herself very much as the kind of voice of social conservatism around uh, trans rights and self-identification, although she says she still supports gay marriage where um, and abortion, whereas Kate Forbes has, has said that she was, if she had been in the Scottish Parliament, she would have voted against marriage equality and is also against abortion. And Hamza Yusuf, who is himself a practicing Muslim, but is then seen as on the, the more socially liberal side of that, um, who's in support of both the Gender Recognition Act and uh, abortion and equal marriage. So it's become framed much more around uh, social issues, although the very big issue of independence is also, of course, part of it. And Ash Regan has said that she would pursue Nicola Sturgeon's other policy, which in some ways, as much as anything to do with gender recognition, really was probably what did for Nicola Sturgeon in the end or made a suggestion to step down was 
How do you get independence? Nick Sturgeon suggested that the next general election in the UK would be what you call the de facto referendum on independence. A lot of SNP people were unhappy about that because, frankly, what does it mean? Ash Regan has said she'd do the, she would continue that. So basically, if a majority of Scots vote for pro-independence party, she would say, take that as de facto independence and start negotiating with London for for an independent Scotland. So it's basically Ireland 1918 then, where they, they want to treat the general election as a, a poll basically on whether to, to split from the UK entirely. A, and this is contentious, and yet she wants to continue with it and the others want to go down a slightly more formalised route. Yes, that's very much. And frankly, it, there's a lot of differences between 1919 Ireland as well, as you know, in Scotland. You know, no one thinks that's going to fly. When she's been questioned about this, and one of the things, to be honest, about the three candidates that we've seen so far, Nicola Sturgeon was an incredibly polished performer. She'd been the deputy behind Alex Salmon for almost 10 years, but by the time she became the leader, a, a lot of name recognition, really polished. I'm sure a lot of listeners will have seen her. And whatever your view in her politics would say that this was a very polished politician. All three of the candidates, frankly, have struggled so far in media interviews, have struggled to have coherent messages, have at times looked like they're bereft of answers. And, you know, more generally, this contest, whatever leader it produces, is probably doing serious damage to the SNP, which really is the party of government in Scotland. Well, final question then for you, Peter. Does that mean that because we had this, this uh, you know, laboured but still natural transition from Alex Salmond to Nicola Sturgeon previously, and now the party is being dragged in multiple directions and it seems that none of them are very assured performers, does it mean that the SNP is guaranteed to come out of all of this ultimately a weaker party? It's very hard to see how it doesn't uh, come out weaker, especially given the, the context of this. We're going to have a general election in the UK within the next two years, probably more likely in the next 18 months. Next autumn is probably the most likely. That will be a contest framed by the Conservatives versus Labour. Nicola Sturgeon wanted to make that a contest around independence. That's almost certainly not going to happen now. That means the SNP are naturally on the back foot. If they're going into that contest with a new leader, which they will do, on any three of these crank. Uh, candidates, frankly, will probably be kind of on the back foot, which will make it much more difficult for the SNP to uh, to come out with anything like the number of seats they had before, which will then put the SNP in a position they haven't really been in in almost 15 years, which is lose, like not coming out well out of elections. And questions then will be raised about, well, will the S- how long will the SNP stay in power in Holyrood, independence or no independence. Mm, Fascinating times ahead. Peter Gagan, Editor-in-Chief of Open Democracy, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime on the record. Peter is also, uh, in a way that I managed to botch in the introduction, he's the author of the book Democracy for Sale, a best-selling Sunday Times book, uh, which is very much worth a read, all about the process of how uh, money influenced uh, the Brexit referendum of 2016. A fascinating read, well worth your time, and available free to borrow through the Borrowbox app if you're a member of your local library uh, here anywhere in Ireland. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.